Hey everybody, I am uh, Matt Hill. I'm with Knight, and this is our show, The Talking Energy Show. We are in the Trace Management Studios here in Oklahoma City. 15, what, what is it? 15305? 304. 15304 North May. Come in and see these guys about uh, your project, engineering, and lots of stuff, man. That's yeah, well side consultants, anyway. Well side consultants. Um, all right, well, everybody knows me and what I do, but uh, that's do not true, Matt. Oh, well, I have one announcement to make. Maybe you've all seen it on LinkedIn by now. I'm uh, now uh, doing business development uh, for uh, Nightfire Specialties. What was that title? It wasn't just BD, was it? Vice President. Whoa. Oh, that's cool. You know what that meant? <laughs> it means that he called me and goes, hey, i got to make your business cards. What do you want on there? How about Vice President? Okay, that's fine. I don't care. I saw the coolest of, uh, business cards recently. It had a QR code on it. Yeah. So, yeah, it just automatically puts me in your phone. I don't know how. So it's like the Not Bob everybody Dole does it. There it is. I'm the yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> that sounds. I'm Bob Dole. That sounds quasi complimentary. I wasn't gonna say old because I think you're probably around the same age as Matt, so he probably got the joke. Might be. Might be a tiny bit. Hey, introduce yourself, Scott. Okay, I'm Scott Garrison. I am a financial advisor with Garrison Financial, and uh, we'll talk a little bit today about uh, company plans, uh, company benefits, and what to do if you are the owner, and what to do if you are the employee. But you pivoted out of oil and gas into that. I did pivot out of oil and gas. So oil and gas has a very unique but not really. tie to those corporate benefits because we have so much volatility inside inside our industry. So, so you're used to getting your guts kicked in every now and then. Too. I'm used to getting my guts kicked in. And usually it's because a financial advisor puts somebody in a product that they shouldn't have been in for a volatile industry. Yeah. But are you helping those in our industry that are uh, needing to move their 401ks around? I do help. Uh, I do take care of personal financial planning as well. Yes, uh, and then I, I like to take care of company benefits. Well, the reason I like you in like you in here is because I want to introduce uh, our good friend uh, Donna King, who runs uh, Energy Point here in Oklahoma City. To, uh, well, tell everybody about yourself, Donna. Like, what's Energy Point? How'd you get in oil and gas? Everything. I want to hear all about it. Let's, we got time for this. Oh, I don't know. Well, we <laughs> it's do. been a long time. <laughs> um, well, thanks for having me, first yeah, of all. Absolutely. And I'm enjoying this conversation so far. So we'll just see if I don't put any, everyone to sleep. But um, I got into Chesapeake right out of college. I didn't know what I was doing. I went to Chesapeake and started in the land, land admin groups and um, was very fortunate. Had a lot of great mentors. Saw a lot of action at Chesapeake and a lot of wells drilled. Uh, so learned a lot, went through all the different basins, um, learned all the state regulations on how people should be billed and paid, and um, a lot of other jobs that a lot of people maybe don't want to do, but it has to be done. So um, learned a lot, uh, stepped out in late 2014 and uh, started and owned and managed a, a brokerage that did similar work where we did this for um, large companies, smaller companies. Uh, you have to maintain your records. You always have to know who, who the right people are to bill, pay, um, all of that, th all of those things, um, and do it well. And when you have that kind of service, uh, it resonates with people. I grew up on a farm in Kingfisher and understand the royalty owner side. And uh, you know, my dad's a farmer, and I'm very proud of that fact. I grew up driving the wheat trucks and all the things, but it helps I've relate the to the people. Well, thank you. They don't let me loose very often out on the roads. Yeah, <laughs> like, just get on the get on the tractor for the photo op and then get off. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's basically. It. That's yes. fine. Did you, uh, like, when you say you went to Chesapeake, you didn't quite know what you're about to do yet once you mm -hmm. got out of college. Did, did they recruit you back then, or oh, did you just find it, like, on the... Well, the newspaper, I guess, for us. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't newspaper print. <laughs> um, 
actually, you know, I just had a connection through uh, college. They had hired yeah. some of my friends and got on through them and, um, you know, just wide eyed, had no idea what I was getting into, but I love company. it. So my mm-hmm. wife got started. Mm-hmm. She went to Chesapeake and uh, thrived. Yeah. I mean, and great. they paid for another degree for her. So mm-hmm. thank goodness for that. She got a master's through Chesapeake. Oh, nice. That's did, awesome. Did you get energy management? Or where'd you go to school? I went to Southern Nazarene, just business administration, uh, just Plain Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Misty just, went to Southern yeah. Nazarene. Is it Southern Nazarene? What is it? Southern Nazarene Southern. University. It's a time for There you go. There you go. Time to begin. Time to begin. Yeah, real close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I've, I've learned is that Christian, that Christian college, uh, there's a there's quite a few, uh, I shouldn't say well-known, uh, not maybe partiers is too strong of a word, but you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of things about rule breakers. Rule breakers or, I mean, I wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah, so. yeah, you, <laughs> those dorm room windows stayed closed tight. You never escaped in and out of them. Yep, I agree. Mm-mm. What about the brokerage? Like when you say you went uh, from Chesapeake to brokerage for those that are not in oil and gas that might be watching this, what, what is a brokerage? Basically, it's a company that provides um, outsource services or services that you don't want to hire in-house. So if you're running title or leasing or um, you need to clean up data for a, from one transition to another, I learned a lot about that. And then I joined Flywheel Energy after that. Uh, they were a great private equity company, and I learned a lot there as well and realized I kind of missed the consulting and services space. So started Energy Point in January of this year, and I'm thrilled to be working and busy and um, really active in the space. We're seeing a lot of transactions with the uptick in prices, and um, we're able to help kind of any any size of company we've got mid-sized clients small small operators um kind of running the gambit right now so excited about all of that i think small operators are kind of our sweet spot you know there's a lot of this type of work that they need to have done um in order to prepare for a sale or you know maybe they're thinking about retiring and they think hey i need to you know get my company's assets in order we can help with that or someone passes we can help with like energy estate planning and making sure everything's in order so they get all of the interest transferred from one one entity to another or a trust or something along those lines so we're happy to help in any way that we can and uh, leverage our industry experience uh, to make sure that we're giving the best service so they get to keep being the specialists of what they do, and then you come in and take care of all the stuff. That yes, they can go operate or do whatever part of the, the business that they like, and then we can kind of take care of all of the maintenance of records, ownership transfers, filing of regulatory documents. Um, that sounds awesome. All of the title things. I know, but weirdly <laughs> enough, I love she it. She loves all that. Yeah, she, <laughs> she gets into the, uh, the minutiae of it and takes yeah. really good care of it. Like, Jeremiah, for a company like yours, Mido Resources, like – do you take care of all of that yourself and mm-hmm. you see the value in a company? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. So Mido is not too bad because we're the named operator, but uh, I bought a lot of non-op last year. Now, that's a whole different ballgame. So as the named operator, everyone uh, submits their assignments to me and I give them back to vision orders. When you're a non-op, you just have working interest or royalty interest in a well. You're really at the mercy of the other operator to acknowledge they've even gotten your paperwork and do the assignments transfer over. So I was thinking I've actually been going through this I closed on all these assets last year in October, and I'm still fighting mm-hmm. to get division orders back, like get all the interest in my name from the old operator. And there were several problems with it, right? I bought uh, some assets that, uh, for the most part, were not well kept, right, as far as their records. So it's been a, a real journey to get this far, and I still have some. So I was actually going to ask some questions about that because I actually am burnt out. I just need someone else to come in and finish this up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. For those of you that are burnt out right. looking through all these documents, 
she loves it. Well, when you get a lot of non-op, and you get, like, I got 200 wells, but the average interest in these wells is, like, 3 to 5% or something like that. So it's it's not a big mover. The operators don't care at all, and for the most but part. you do. Yeah, and it's it could be six to eight weeks before you even get a response, especially, like, Conoco, Phillips. Oh, man. And they've got all these other divisions. Sometimes it's just nice to hand it off to hand the keys to someone that does this as a pro, and we'll stay on it till it's done. So I will actually be talking to you. So. Absolutely, that's great. Well, that's the fun part is we had this great. Not fun. Um, well, fun for me. Um, we had this great network of people that we all work together and were kind of raised at Chesapeake, and now they're dispersed among the world. So we usually know a person or have a contact that we can reach out to that will help us facilitate um expedite maybe some mm-hmm. of these things so it's Calling nice a to favorite comico for my buddy jeremiah <laughs> well, just, I, there's been so much consolidation in sales yes. that's the other part so when uh, it, all the the name changes of all the operators mm-hmm. has been so fluent so you don't even know where to send this stuff so mm-hmm. knowing someone that's already been through it or is involved in it some way yeah anything's helpful is, and, and what terrible. i like about this story is that you're pretty fluent in all of this i mean you you have done a lot of research i've, I've watched you you know grow into your operation you know, i mean transitioning from the the business development mm-hmm. here at uh, trace and then working with you know these guys here in your own projects and, and operations and now i see like there is if you go to the corporation commission here in oklahoma and i know you'll do this i don't know how many there's probably what 2,500 operators in the United States, maybe. You know, maybe in the United States, no, there's a much more because you got all the pumpers, okay. right? And you got people that all those stripper wells. Are you talking about like drillers or? I'm talking about like if you go to the corporation. There's community. more than 2,500 operators in Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, you're saying the United States, right? Yeah, that, I mean, I mean in Oklahoma. So about 2,500 mm-hmm. operators here, but most of those are maybe like a mom and dad mm-hmm. on the farmland that they. We're an operator on this well, but we need all this taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see, I mean, I've got a good buddy, Scott. He's got two wells, and I don't know who all takes care of that for you, but you really are going to feel like a big, you're going to have to hire more people, Don. A lot of people. Who do you need right now? Landman? <laughs> uh, yes, division order people, lease records people. And thankfully, we've had um, really good luck and have a really solid team in place, and they've been able to handle a lot. We're also, um, you know, I really enjoy uh, technology and leveraging different management techniques. So we're leveraging a couple of different things, um, which is Kanban, which is kind of a new concept. Google uses it. Uh, I did some research because I think we all find ourselves in places where we need to have more throughput with less manpower. So it's a just basically a way to reorganize your work and manage it differently so that you can get higher throughput at the Toyota uses it like a lot of different companies, factories. What is throughput? Throughput is um, how much work product, whatever it is, can you get through your system and how quickly. Mm -hmm. So just measuring how much you can push through your project management, your all of the projects that we're managing. It also helps kind of leveraging agile scrum methods. So where you like have a quick stand up with your team every day for 15 minutes, where's everybody at? They tell me where their roadblocks are. I'll go knock them out or, you know, whoever my project manager mm-hmm. is, we'll go knock them out. And so that way the work keeps moving and they keep going. And it's just a, a way to create some visibility, some good key performance indicators, KPIs, metrics. And we've actually seen some really great success. So when I was at um, the private equity company, I was, uh, I had a lot more work than I could shake a stick at and really understood that um, if we managed our work a little bit differently, 
in a we had eight people and we had the same throughput and had more capacity than like if I were at a larger company we had about 22 to 25 people so it was dramatic results and just reorganizing I'm, and thinking differently I'm way into why, this why, does, why does the new generation have to make new words for efficiency <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay that's right it's I basically like, efficiency I like that you just called her hey, good. Also, new generation yeah, I appreciate very, that you know I appreciate being a new generation that was nice <laughs> Do you see the value in like teaming up? I mean, being in the industry for so long and now you step and go do financial uh, planning for people. So you can team up with companies like hers and say, hey, by the way, you know, whenever you're, you know, finished packaging up, you know, what they need on that side of it, then they can come to you and say, okay, well now here's all this money I'm making from, you know, the oil and gas properties I own. Now, now what do I do with it? Reinvested in oil and gas. Yeah, oil and gas stocks. <laughs> Zero diversification. No diversification. Yeah, oil and gas mm -hmm. done me real well last year. But yeah. yeah a little, little it's going to continue to. It's a very good idea. Well, you can buy ESG now, right? <laughs> this is true. Is that is that something in the financial side of things you're starting That's to see is like investors uh, asking you at all, like, hey, what is this whole in, ESG investors, deal? The big money went hard into the ESG yeah, of course sector, obviously. Uh, and so a lot of that, in my personal opinion, once again, completely my personal opinion, uh, this is uh, not investment advice in any way, shape, or form. Um, but in my personal Allegedly. opinion, <laughs> in my personal opinion, a lot of people went into that because there's a lot of government money and spending being done in that field. Oh, it's fascinating. So it How made much it look sexy. And it government made it look money. Big and it uh, made my it money. Amazing. Uh, and... <laughs> Honestly, the oil and gas industry was really neglected, and it's been a fantastic investment for the last two years. If we embrace it right and monetize it correctly, it's going to be a boom once it's, again. It, it could be huge. The the neatest thing I, I found today, a friend of mine from Colorado called me. He's in a software uh, company as well, and he was telling me about a friend of his who is going out to use solar panels to run the pumps out at the rig sites. So whenever they use solar panels, they get uh, carbon credits. Those carbon credits, they're able to sell, and you know, roughly like forty-five dollars for, I don't know, each carbon credit, something like that. But the pumps were running on the gas, right? So they're able to use the carbon credits now as government money, you know, is given to them. But they still get to sell their gas that they were running the pumps with. Now that gas is free and clear to go back through the pipeline, and they're making money on it too. That's what efficiency. A, what a racket. Guess, yeah. <laughs> Throughput. ESG throughput. That's right. Increase. That might be paying you five, six, seven percent dividends when the stocks at the at the basement level. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty fantastic idea too. Yeah, I mean, anything we can do is our, our you know, and that's why I want financial people in here with us as much as possible, so that we can find out like what can we do as an industry to be, you know, I'm unabashedly for profit. Mm -hmm. You know, right sure. now with you know the new business development I'm doing, I'm. I went to the websites and I started boning up on what kind of ESG points I can provide with my fire suppression units. You know, we are out there saving equipment and lives. So what does that do for those people to go, hey, by the way, we're putting these units out on our sites and people will be saved lives. Also, if these tank batteries burn down, there's, you know, that much environmental, you know, uh, destruction. So now we're saving that. So truly you know so everybody we're gonna to have to all start looking at that and it's mm -hmm. also tied together that give a little little credit to the crude life podcast i was listening to a while back a young lady that had a startup that was uh it, it, it was yeah. not but she was <laughs> finding a way to filter 
the lithium out of wastewater. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it's fascinating. There, yeah, Brian, Brian in Oklahoma. I mean, where do you read that article about how Arkansas might be one of the biggest deposits of lithium on the planet? Yeah. So we, uh, because of the way our brine water sits, they think that Oklahoma might actually be bigger. So they're looking into that. So there you go. We, we don't are, need Afghanistan, even though Biden turned over Afghanistan to the Chinese so that they could, you know, use the green energy movement to destroy oil and gas and give away all of those, you know, minerals to us cheaper. I mean, I, I wear a tinfoil. I think technically that was Obama, by the way. Right. That was, <laughs> we're pulling out, you know, that was a long if time ago. If you want to go one layer yeah. behind the curtain, Jeremiah, mm -hmm. thank you for you yeah. know, knowing how I think. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the oil and gas industry is ESG. Yeah, we created ESG we, we unbeknownst to ourselves at the time. <laughs> yeah, and now we're embracing it and going to make sure that uh, everybody's going to pay for it. It's good. I like it. Scott, you've been pushing a lot of people towards Devon with uh, their 7% uh, variable I, uh, yield. I do try not dividend? to push single stocks really? to, uh, to clients. Are oh, you doing like uh, EFTs or whatever? I, I try, ETFs. I try to uh, help people structure. Yeah, yeah. I'm... I try to stay away from that. Uh, if they want to do some gambling, some Vegas money, you know, go ahead and, and get on one of the online accounts and, and roll the dice. Sure. But, uh, and I'm not going to lie, there's a couple of single stocks that I check out myself. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, 90% of my retirement, 90% of my investment money, I try to make sure that I stay diversified and into ETFs and mutual funds and, and 401k plans, things such as that. We love new technology in this room a lot. What uh, what software should we be uh, using to uh, kind of look at investments in our own personal money? What do you like? Well, as far what do you as, like for me? As far as software goes, as a business owner, your your company should be looking for uh, company plans that have great software included in the plan. And that's one of the things that I see a lot is that... Sorry, included. That, no, I see a lot that, there, that somebody will have a simple or a SEP or a 401k and there is no online platform. And what kind of... In, in, 2021 what kind of a benefit is that to an employee that they can't even get online and check out what's going on inside i mean for me that's good because i'll get in there and screw with it and lose all my money so yeah it's probably <laughs> are you telling me they gotta like send a fax uh to to make a stock trade or yeah, something like that yeah, there's dial up brother i couldn't imagine that. that yeah <laughs> no website oh that is sounds it, is, like your, a, is your throughput software is that something like anybody can go you want to plug them like can we go and buy this off the shelf she yeah. probably wants you to use the her actually the no i don't i don't have the software it's just a methodology, methodology. Um, but you can use azure devops it's already set up with microsoft and i would leverage that it keeps all your metrics and everything like that for it so it helps me when i'm bidding work it helps us to keep our costs low um and be really efficient with and good stewards of the the work that we get. I'm just I'm fascinated the, by technology. My, my, my friends in here that uh, come watch this, like Blue Bison Analytics, I'm going to plug them. You know, they have the evaluation software. Very cool. And then, uh, like our friend that uh, I've introduced you to, John Simmons with CloudBreak, you know, mm -hmm. he's all about the throughput. Yep. He, they have developed a software for, I mean, basically procurement and project management. Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, speed this up. You're having that stand up, you know, team thing, yep. you know, right away. Every, you see the problems. Like, this project's over there with them. This part of it's over there with them. So yes. in what I do, I'm going to have to ramp up production right away. So I'm, I'm starting to go, oh, shoot. I'm mm -hmm. gonna, we used to be able to build uh, 10 of these units in this shop. Now I'm going to need like 50 a month right away. Well, what are you using awesome. for uh, your customer tracking? Uh, what is it? CSA, CRM. Oh, me personally? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I've always used Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just been easy. But honestly, like I can use LinkedIn now. You know, they've, they've developed that whole back-end uh, sales navigator deal so it can do a lot of that as well mm -hmm. and it's cheap I and mean, it's like and sales navigator is like 75 bucks a month 
and I'm a LinkedIn rock star anyway. Mm. I love LinkedIn. I'm always on that. <laughs> yeah, dude. When I look on there, it's like, oh, Matt's interviewing someone else. Yeah, nice yeah, it really over. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I always wonder about that too, like because I see like all the, like I follow the people that I like to follow, so I see them a lot and it knows the algorithm, right? But like, how much am I in people's faces? I've no clue. Like, I'm terrified. Like, they're gonna be like. I've got to delete this guy because it's all substantial, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, yeah. <laughs> you make up the better part of my feed, but maybe it's the algorithm. Like, why is he always zooming in on Matt's photos, right? That's what it is. All I did is Matt, 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 all the way down. so terrifying mm-hmm. to me. Like, I just want to be on there like, when you want to find me. That's it. Like, I want them to have to search for me. Like, un- everybody unfollow me and just come find me when you want to. That'd be better. That's great. So, Matt, is night the same night? No, it's a uh, it's Night Energy Services, which came out of Night Oil Tools. Mm-hmm. They used to be the family at Night that owned it, and then Clear Lake Capital bought them. And I have a really good relationship with them. They're gonna. I called them yesterday morning. I mean, so Steve Knight like cornered me. He's like, "Hey, I need this. Is what's gonna happen? The whole world's gonna need fire suppression, and I need you to like field all these phone calls from all these customers." I'm like, "All right, let's do this." And I called my bosses. You know, the vice president Cody Conover and, and Dwight Gross at. Uh, at night energy service. And I said, Hey, I've got this opportunity and it shouldn't conflict with you guys at all. Right. It's two different companies. I didn't even think to mention like, Hey, by the way, they're both named night, mm-hmm. but it, it, it is, you know, read the room. It's a little confusing, but either way, they're, they're both super supportive. Like I can sell for both. No problem. It's not going to, it's not going to hurt either one's feelings. If I keep all my people in the world that need, you know, drill pipe running mm-hmm. and just probably complement each other. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's easy for me. I just say, hey, I'm Matt with Knight. Yeah. Like, if you have a company named Knight and need me to put your logo out there, <laughs> I'm willing to take your Knight money. Done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do I get a new sticker for the race car then? Yeah, I'm going to give you a big sticker. But You were supposed to give me one with thumbs up. Now I'm just going to give you the big thumbs up sticker. Mm-hmm. So goofy. I'll hold you to that. Jeremiah races cars, by the way. You might need to insure him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sell insurance packages for crazy I, people? I do sell insurance packages, but we do have some... It's probably life insurance. Stringent. We, we have some pretty stringent uh, underwriters. That car only goes like sixty miles an hour. It's fine. Oh, it just goes. Awful. It goes. Yeah. For, it goes. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. terribly slow and goes in like laps yeah. for. But it's only slow because it doesn't run that much. It's typically broken down. Can you get like? A, I've been wondering about this. Like, could you not incorporate some of the like Tesla? That is an awful sound. Yeah, that you're, kind of you're incor- you do that on purpose on the podcast. <laughs> I know it. He always hits the mic. Everybody, when you hear these noises and have to turn off your headset, it's no, Jeremiah. I'm not very good at sitting still. Sorry. Do you have a lot of the whiskey before you start the No, uh, start up. First thing, brush my teeth in the morning no, I mean, and just get the day. Oh, no, not no, too much. Okay. Man, I'm in a car for like two or three hours at a time. So, God. yeah, the only thing I want is water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I like to ask a question like, where do you see our industry going toward the future? Like, what do you what do you see happening in your space in the industry? Like, what can you guys offer in the future to really ramp up? You know, the, our our stake in oil and gas here in Oklahoma. That's I think a big it's a, question. Sorry. It's a big question. <laughs> I mean, I do see. I love the uptick and what the transactions and things that are happening. I think that we can provide a really good consolidated service and be able to. Um, scale information and have things more standardized so i know it's a big task but when you when a grandparent dies or a parent dies or someone and they have these file cabinets full of what is really actually liquid gold like it's gold like you can't replace that it's it's meaningful it means something to the families to be able to keep it in the family organize it have it all ready to go so that in the event that something does happen you can do that so that's how i think we can help is like i guess bring people forward in technology and modernize kind of land management but another you know the great thing about that 
is that you do see these these wells and these assets time and time again. I mean, I've touched the same wells I worked at Chesapeake, I don't know how many times through different companies because they've all transacted several times. So um, it's neat to see like how the improvements are coming along, but it's also great to promote and help develop. I've had the opportunity to work with several different software companies and help them develop actual industry um, needed products mm -hmm. or things that are needed uh, so that you can have some customization, leverage the technology so that you can get more with less people. And this outsourcing model is really popular and it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I do see some more like consolidation of basins. I would love to see that. So if you're looking at like an Oklahoma and everybody takes in kind and all of these operators are then doing duplicative work at all of these different shops, if you think about it, you have six operators in a well and they're all, they all have a land admin department or land department it makes wow. a lot of sense to come in and consolidate all of it. One well. Kick it back one, out yeah. to their, like, leverage technology. Kick it back out to their accounting systems. They can still manage all their finances and everything that they need. But let's consolidate it. Let's cut everybody's GNA, increase the profits that they're making off of the wells, and, and do something that makes sense. So I see a combination of just leveraging people and technology and some industry experience, some common sense things, um, and just Making coming sure to that the all table. the people that have interest in that well is actually getting paid. Yes, it's Don't, a big deal. Can you explain the pooling? Force pooling? Yeah. Hey, in Oklahoma, we have forced yeah. pooling, yeah, unlike can, other states. Yeah. Can you it's explain great, that? Great question. It's a really nice thing. I think Oklahoma does a lot of things right. So uh, <laughs> when the, they're going out to lease a well, you, you might have some holdouts. Some people mm -hmm. either you can't find or um, people that just refuse to leave, like sign an actual oil and gas lease. So the state of Oklahoma said, okay, well, we can't just leave these people out or we can't leave the tract of land out. It has to be pooled. We need to have a unit, a denominator to, mm. to solve everything off of. So mm. we're going to pool the 640 acre section. That means that everybody that owns something in that section is going to be entitled to a royalty, whether or not they're going to accept it or not, whether or not they're going to sign a lease, we can. Uh, there are remedies to make sure that there is royalty set aside. Should they pass on? Should somebody buy it? Should somebody do something? So they, it's a remedy to a solution, a problem that is rampant and like, at Texas or another place where that, that interest just goes into eight eights, like it, you, it never sees a payout mm -hmm. okay. and that person never gets paid. Um, so it's a way for the, the operators also to kind of spread out costs. So if there's 40 acres of unleased interest, they can spread those costs and elect to either take additional working interests or not. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody inherited 40 acres in Washita County mm -hmm. and they want to know if they're, uh, if their family has some royalties sitting somewhere that they didn't even know about, is that something they contact you about? Is that something? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we can uh, run it down. We can look at that section see who the operators are. If there's any production, if that operator's still around, we can kind of track down and run some traps there uh, to help out. Um, another thing I think Oklahoma does really well that I don't think a lot of people realize they're when it, Oklahoma and Arkansas kind of do kind of Arkansas kind of does it, but Oklahoma does it really well. So let's say you did have those six operators in a well and they all decided they could get a better deal and they're all marketing their gas all over. That royalty owner then would normally then under any other state, expect a check from six different operators. It's deducted six different ways. There's a very difficult to kind of reconcile those interests and how those interests should be paid. Okay. Whereas Oklahoma says, okay, no, the op the royalty owner gets one check from the operator. You guys figure it out. The operators remit back that payment and that, that portion of the royalty that the royalty owner is owed to the operator and the operator passes through and distributes it. But um, that's something that I think Oklahoma does really well is and make sure that the royalty owner gets paid. So there's, government there's did something, something right. Of, I yeah. mean, 
It was great. Well, she said it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just say everybody gets their own opinion. But yeah, maybe our government can do some things. Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma. So when does something become unitized? Um, well, it's kind of, I mean, I guess after the so, orders have been. Yeah, but how did they de develop a unit? Uh, well, so they, the geologist and, you know, everybody goes out, says this is our prospect, and uh -huh. then we do the title research on the, on the land side. I can mm -hmm. speak to that. Yeah, that's all I'm yeah. asking about. So land would go out and say, okay, we want to run title for this section. We need to figure out who owns in this mm -hmm. section. Then we have a, a, a lease negotiator that goes out and says, okay, we're going to pay up to like $100 an acre or mm -hmm. $200 an acre for the, this land. We think it's worth that. And we'll offer either a quarter royalty, a 316th royalty, um, an eighth royalty, and you kind of have that negotiation on higher lease bonus, lower royalty, or vice versa. Um, sign all of the leases, then a title attorney puts together a title opinion, so it's certified, and then um, the well is unitized pooled. You have all of this, you have first production, and then it goes into the division order mm -hmm. world, and they split everything um, proportionally according to how everybody owns in the well, so, which sounds like cool. a lot of math. Yeah, yeah, the unit, <laughs> so unitization just says if you own one acre, you're entitled to one sixty, 640th of the one section. One over 640 multiplied yeah. by your royalty rate. Uh -huh. Now, where does this eighth eighths, what is that? stuff what is all that and 316s eight, why do they right. use that well way back in the day this is oil and gas folklore yeah. um in pennsylvania um you kind of had this this landowner who owned the land mm -hmm. and a wildcatter who was like i need to drill drill my well on your land and they had to come up with some sort of equitable provision mm -hmm. so um you know this guy's taking all the risks and paying all the costs so he's like, I'm entitled to a lot more because you wouldn't have anything mm -hmm. if I didn't drill this well. And then the and landowner was like, wait a minute, you wouldn't have anything if I didn't exactly, let you drill it. Exactly, exactly. So they came up, and I think the first lease was um, one-eighth one -eighth lease. So of the revenue, the landowner is entitled to one-eighth mm -hmm. of whatever proportionate share they own. And the the working interest owner is, a, is responsible for all of the costs right. and then gets seven-eighths of that revenue back. Okay. So Sometimes that's you was. wonder why any landowner would have ever just sold the mineral rights underneath them. I mean, really, you just go, you just get boggled down. You're like, you should, if you own the land, you should own the minerals. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know uh, at all. Yeah. So when I was younger, I was buying real estate, right? Yeah, and I, thinking I bought that you a, owned everything. Well, no, no, I had all these houses. I had one in Midwest City. It was a, an absolute turd. It was 708 Christine. I remember this house very well. If you're there, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a horrible house. Like the AC units kept getting stolen. Like while the tenants were there, and they would destroy the AC unit out there just to get fifty dollars copper, right? It was, it was like that. What was that Kevin Bacon movie with the house that was that was lost on my pop culture cool. references? Uh, There's one with uh, Tom Hanks. What? I listen to podcasts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it had mineral rights, and I was younger, and all I wanted to do was unload this house. Right. So I sold the turd, and I didn't even think to keep the mineral rights, so it went with it. I actually is there anybody going to use the mineral rights from that house underneath? I there? actually have 0. 0.4 acres of mineral rights underneath my home in Elk City, Oklahoma. There you go. Well, Elk City right. has a better chance. Did you pay more when you bought your house because of that? I did not. See, they probably uh, didn't they, know the value I either. I do not think they even knew that they had them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, exactly what happened to me, uh, and I regretted that. Great. Granted, they may never do anything Got with it. Got a couple of nice might. checks back in 13 and 14. Did you? Mm -hmm. Why do you think some small operators don't like the force pooling? Just they don't have the right to say no. You can't, you know, I can tell you why. Yeah, tell me. I think. What do you think? Well, they're still in their milkshake. Yeah. So it's pretty much if they've got a vertical, an old producer over there in the corner, 
And they're afraid pretty much they're going to get frack bashed and it's going to destroy the economics of their well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much they just don't want someone else to come in and drill. Yeah. So the four, the, Would that be the, small, the small vertical operators really that feel pushed mm-hmm. out of you know that area. Yeah. So what does Texas do? Are you familiar with Texas as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their, their section, or however it's broken up, is such a mess. Like we have our township range and all I that. I love Oklahoma. It's nice and square. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nice. And like then squares. you have Texas and it's. Yeah. All these random surveys. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. I have no idea how to understand anything in Texas. Abstract lots and blocks and meets and bounds. It's, it's a different animal completely. And their rules are much different than Oklahoma's rules. So if you are an unleased owner, in a well and you know they're pooling 160 acres and they're gonna drill this well if you're unleashed they're just kind of go around you like you have a boundary and they go around you and you don't get any of the benefit of being in that well until um after after the well pays out 100 percent. so by that time you've had all of the the prime production has gone they get to come back in with eight eighths of their interest so they instead of going you know getting a little, a little bit of the royalty payments on flesh production. They actually end up coming in after payout. Every, a lot of states except for Oklahoma and Arkansas are structured that way. Okay, I did want to ask this earlier when you had brought it up. So which would you take? Would you take the upfront bonus or would you take the long term on uh, your interest? If, they, if someone came to you and said, hey, we're going to drill under you, do you want the, the lease bonus or are you going to go for the long term royalty interest? Long term royalty You're a gambler. Hey, Amen. You're a gambler. It's not, it's not they a gambler. They could produce anymore. for 30 years. It, or more. Yeah, have, yeah I've got better. wells older than Ar- that. Ar- Ar- it could, or it could be you know, like uh, a fart of gas and that's it. You well, know? you know, then. The drilling production guys, man, the geologists, reservoir guys, they know. They're not going to go drill those wells anymore. No, no, of course not. Yeah, but I, I mean, I you've seen it happen, though, nonstop. It's so much more now. Well, I mean, yeah, Ultima, but the, Ultimesa wasn't because they didn't have an amazing uh, drilling program. They were kicking butt. It was because of the, you know, maybe the Houston office didn't you know, take care of that so well. Hey, I have a really interesting question. Uh, Jeremiah and I were talking about this. Everybody is now. So the Bitcoin mining, right? <laughs> How do we pay the the gas owners? And, you know, what I in the world are we going to do? Like when that comes up out of the ground. So that used to be flare gas. Uh-huh. And now it's going to be monetized. But... I mean, once it's up out of the ground, I don't know. I mean, it's produced. It's produced. I could argue, make an argument under the lease that it's a production and it is should be entitled and paid to the royalty owner. Oh, absolutely. at what rate? Yeah. At what that's rate? If there wasn't a market, Bitcoin. Where well, I guess that's where we're going to position ourselves next is understanding the Bitcoin translation to pay royalty I mean, owners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, do you do you now sell a Bitcoin and just divide that up amongst all the owners? I mean, it's well, th- would that be working interest or royalty? So yeah. the one thing uh, I saw one model where it was they just pay uh, they buy the gas off you for fifty cents an m, and then uh, you know you have your own generators mm-hmm. and servers yeah. out there that mm-hmm. mine the Bitcoin and you're entitled to everything. So you give your Royalty and working interest partners, the 50, 50 cents an inch. Uh-huh. You're right, because it was strain of gas. Uh-huh. Now, that's completely different if there was actually a pipeline. I'm only referring to strain of gas with no yeah. pipeline. This was this was being burned off yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was zero dollars. Now, yeah. today, we found a way to monetize it. I mean, if anybody is watching and wondering why we're talking about Bitcoin mining from the gas production, it is because Bitcoin actually got up to the point where they were in the top 30 of energy using nations in the world yeah. if you put their energy stamp on a the world they'd be in a top 30 and so now they're trying well to our industry as a whole to... we're, we're not going to be allowed very quickly to mm-hmm. even flare gas it is going to have to be done something with you know no more methane emissions so we have the technology and the brain power to fix it and bitcoin's a great way to do it so now we need to start you know figuring out okay well 
the mineral owners, the gas owners, so they're going to come after that Absolutely. money too. They're going to want that money. That's so. why. Yeah. I, I, I didn't do it. Like we, we discussed it at length, but we just didn't know the ramifications and we didn't want to be the first mover to find out the hard way. So I don't know if that's been figured out yet. I mean, can you set a Bitcoin yes. mine up there and just start mining Bitcoin until somebody comes out and goes, Hey, what's that machine? I don't see that flare anymore. Like the problem with that is they're like, Oh, you've been doing this for two years. Okay. Yeah. Let's see Time's how that revenue interest. you made. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, by then, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's interesting, but like, what would you do when they come to you? Is that how you divide it up? Start paying it at the, you don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be contract by contract by contract. Gonna mm -hmm. be, you're going to you know, start seeing all the lawsuits pop up. So you're okay. going to get some case law decisions, case decisions, and then go up to, I'm sure some sort of regulation. Really um, soon you're going to see the IRS come in. And, oh yeah. That's also going to, yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna, also going to be a mover. So the IRS time. is going to start looking about how much Bitcoin I have. Yeah. And I, the IRS is really starting to crack down on crypto. But they're not going to know how much I have, right? If they can, if they can seize a billion dollars from the Silk Road guy, wh who are you? I mean, I mean, you are Matt Hill, but he is Matt Hill. <laughs> Scott, don't feed his ego. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Now Ross, though, that dude was a—he uh, was operating pretty much not in gray. He was—he yeah, was, he was doing all some, black. Yeah, yeah, he was doing some pretty bad stuff. So they would have confiscated true. any money he had. Anything yeah, any anything he had, they would have got either way. That was pretty cool. Uh, it, he was an innovator, yeah. <laughs> not in the best way, but it's pretty good. interesting. Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, I'm just I'm ate up with Bitcoin mining and oil and gas right now. So like, like if it was your gas, what would you want done with it? Do you want to be paid in Bitcoin or do you want to be paid like at the wellhead off the gas? I don't know. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about Bitcoin. I don't so have, there's a I don't cost. have the Bitcoin investment that you do. Associated. So when I looked at it, now this was two years ago. I bet you the costs are substantially higher because everyone's doing it now. But it was about 100K to put a generator out there and then a server farm or the, the miners. It was 100K to buy the equipment. I'd imagine it's 200K now. We just, we just saw so. uh, Zach and I from Blue Bison. We went and saw a million dollar you know, I mean, basically a million dollars investment and they're going to make a million dollars, but that million dollars is going to be uh, basically a tax write off and, and they are going to make $2 million their first year, basically. Mm -hmm. So good for them. It's awesome. And it's, it's just something we're going to have to, you know, wrap our heads around because the whole ESG and no flaring and we have a way to do it. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing something with that. I hate inefficiency. So yeah. you have this energy, right? Sure. You guys driven right over by, uh, what is that, Penn Square Mall? Bell Isle, man. Uh, DSW, that, that flare that has been going yes. next to the flower place forever. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste of energy. 7,000 years that thing's been going, Jeremy. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Wasted. Knows exactly, yesterday, right? <laughs> the time machine that took me here. That's the one that always comes to mind with me. I'm like, oh, look at that thing. It's just been burning forever. Yeah, it mm -hmm. powered our homes all these years. Well... What do you want to plug? What are you doing these days? You got, uh, you want to, you need know, charity. You got a website. You, know, you, you got website. something. Yeah. You want people... How do people get a hold of you? Start like, hey, please, Donna, take care of all of our uh, oil and gas assets. We cannot do it at all by ourselves. Yes. Um, easy to get a hold of. Our website is energypointllc.com. Um, and my phone number is 405-818-3033. And um, we're pretty easy. To get a hold of our, our email information, contact information is on our website, and we would love to be able to connect and see how we can help you. Um, we just are passionate about preserving value, creating value. Um, if you have minerals out there that are unleased even, or they're not producing, we can look and see if you're entitled to suspense, interest payments, all of the other things. Just just really check it out and make sure that we're on top of it. If they're you know 
we, we know leasing plays and other things that are going on, maybe we can make sure that you're getting the most value out of your minerals. Would you have enemies if you created like a software that is just like, hey, I'm going to notify everybody in the world that's alive if you have, you know, mineral rights. Like, hey, by the way. Technically, they have to do that, right? It, they have to. Notification yeah, part of yeah. the horse pooling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, the, they have picture texts that'll go. Or, do you call them picture texts or land I, I, I mean, I don't. Picture texts? The guys <laughs> go to the courthouses and take pictures. Imagers. Imagers. Yeah. Imagers. Uh, okay. I picture texts. It's fine. Imagers. Yeah. Whatever. There's, Whatever. There's software for that there now. JPEG texts. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, really, like, I mean, my uncles, you know, they, I know they own mineral rights, but I mean, there's, they're in Oregon and they never, no one's going to get a hold of them. Yeah. You know, but I know there's been drilling activity around them. So, you know, somebody at yeah. some point where they put an ad in the paper and say, Hey, by the way, this area, right? That's what I'm saying. But right? it goes to a state fund if it's yeah, uncollected yeah. for so long. That's right. right. So mm -hmm. you have a cheat unclaimed property. And so you can look there too, to see if any of the operators has cheated your funds to the state of Oklahoma or whatever last known state of residency that you had. Um, unclaimed property is another whole other topic that you can uh, do that too, right? We, we can help with. Yeah. Now, how yeah. would that work? It will say you bought a bunch of assets off of Joe Blow. Mm -hmm. And Joe retired, closed his hypothetically. Entity. Hypothetically, yeah, <laughs> he moved on, and now like uh, so, he has signed over most of his wells. But maybe there was some other stuff in Joe Blow operating that you were unaware of, and you look on that site and you see it. Mm -hmm. So you know you bought all of his stuff. Like you have a PSA that says you bought all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. Could you? Is that possible? Yeah, you could go back and make a claim, and the state can show that you can show that you're. Um, Proof of title is good, mm -hmm. and you should be able to recover this. Do I need to change my name for you? For <laughs> I just said you never know. Like uh, it, some of the stuff I bought, it was, part of it was really well organized, and the other part had been swapped over, swapped over, swapped over, swapped over for so long. So I get random emails like, "Hey, do you want this well?" or random letters that were sent to someone else and then came back. So yeah, that's a thing mm -hmm. I'm dealing with on a regular basis. So. Fascinating by all this. Mm -hmm. All right, plug away, buddy boy. I'm glad all you're right. in town. Yeah. You have a long drive yeah. back. I'm not going to keep you Thanks forever. Thanks for having me up. Uh, Garrison Financial, Scott Garrison. Uh, if you'd like to talk about any of your personal financial needs. Oh, if you'd like to talk to me about any of your personal financial needs or uh, if you'd like to uh, talk with me about uh, company benefits, let's get together. Um, one of the biggest things I want you to know is that any benefits that you give, if you have more than one company, you got to be careful because you're probably supposed to give it to all of your employees. So also one of the things, can I, can I say something? Wait, Scott, that's only related? if you have the same ownership. That's true. Yes. Actually, it's if you're a 50% ownership or more. You want to say something? Wait, wait, about no. If you had party? three people, Scott, if you had three people that own two entities. Majority ownership. Yeah, but they had, and they brought in a fourth guy. Mm -hmm. That would be a different ownership Allegedly. at that point. Uh, but in one of the entities, right? So I've looked at this. You get, gotta have you get. have material differences, and then you can. Actually I'll let attorneys that. handle that. So <laughs> he's just trying to help out the small business. Oh, I know it. No, it's something I had to look into. One of the things that I do want to touch on that's that is important to me because I just had a client go through it, and uh, not related to oil and gas is if you have a family member or a child with special needs, that child can only have two thousand dollars of personal assets before they start losing social security benefits. So. Whether it's with me, whether it's with somebody else, make sure that you're taking care of those kids. Uh, there's a lot of really great programs that can take care of those kids too. Uh, a lot of great, really, really great savings programs that can go towards those kids. So, there you go, yeah. Garrison Financial in the house. Yep, there you go, Jeremiah. Come on, plug something. F5. F5. Someone cook. 
Someone do stuff. F5 is uh, the awesome. Fin Fur Feather Food the Festival. Fin Fur Feather Food Festival by the AADE Midcon. It's so much fun. Uh, so definitely want more people to cook weird shit for me to eat. Well, so. last <laughs> last year we had beaver, and they were beaver brisket tacos. Mm-hmm. The guy had went out and trapped them and smoked them for a couple days. Fell apart, delicious, tender. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Mind-boggling how delicious it was. So that's Oklahoma AADE. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, a team. I don't know what the other AAD chapters do with their F5, but we had amazing cook teams. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, so you know, I made, James Atkinson. I I made pierogies out of the deer that I killed, and it was like wild mushrooms. Did you or did things. Nick? Nick showed me how to make the dough, mm-hmm. and so we all sat around making the, the pierogies themselves, but I actually killed the deer, brought the mushrooms, made the cranberry chutney sauce to mm. toss over you know, the pierogies. When does it become a chutney? Uh, outside like of the jelly or something yeah, right depends now. On the, I mean, <laughs> yeah, when you mix the sweet and the savory and the onions and the Ladies curry. and gentlemen, Matthew Stewart. Yeah. So savory and a sweet is a chutney if it's a... I mean, if I put onions jam. in it and use a little bit of curry powder in it, I'd call it a chutney. Okay. A sauce, a condiment, if you will. <laughs> oh, man. You know James Atkinson out of Elk City? Do you know no, him? I don't know. Uh, well, his dad used, used to come in my barber shop a long time ago. He said he had skunk. So he said skunk was really good. No, anybody. Well, you get rid of the glands. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's good. I'll try. I'll, 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 obviously, I'll eat anything. All right. Well, guys, this is our. Did you show. have something to plug? Um, I'm going to run the uh, Down Syndrome Association 5K this weekend. So if uh, if you guys uh, want to give to special needs charities, uh, my uh, daughter Bella uh, has uh, Down Syndrome, and they've always been uh, clutch and uh, giving out information to people you know that have Down Syndrome kids when they're born and. They do a lot of programs. Luckily, I mean, Misty and I have been very fortunate. We haven't really needed, you know, stuff for us. But, you know, those families that do, they really, they have a lot of good programs. So Matt, is there a football game coming up or anything? Oh, uh, if anybody out there is watching, uh, every home game in Norman, we have the Oilfield Tailgate. You can go to oilfieldtailgate.com. That's kind of how all this got started is I wanted to start making a podcast to uh, promote all the people who sponsor those events. Mm-hmm. And so we all pitch in. And every home game, we get to host everybody that's in the oil field in Oklahoma that day to come down to Norman to Othello's, and we give them food, drinks, and live music. Usually a local Oklahoma artist. Uh, we had, uh, man, last weekend was a really good time. We had probably a 1,000 people come through there. Johnny Woods played. So they anybody, were great. yeah. yeah they were time. really great. So what time are you kicking off this? Uh, I think this the weekend. home game this time. 6.30, bucks. 6.30, so we get to do uh, three hours, so 3 o'clock. Three o'clock on Saturday, come down to Othello's. It's mm-hmm. going to get wild. Oh, yeah. It's not really that wild. Your kids are welcome. <laughs> or your llamas. Yeah, I have alpacas. Bring, those are my kids. If you want to bring other. them for a free petting zoo. No, kids. llamas spit. Alpacas are quite timid. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say, hey, every, you heard it here first. He's bringing one of the alpacas down as a uh, petting <laughs> zoo for the kids. Mm-hmm. I've bring tried to ride them. They, they are very timid. They <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> let you ride them. Mm-hmm. Are you going to bring the kids? I'm going to bring mine. Come on down. We'll see you Saturday, Donna. All right. She said yes. That's it, everybody. We're going to see you on the next show. Take care. God bless. Goodbye.